0: This is Johnny Tarr and he is joining us from his hometown in Cardiff, Wales. Singer songwriter just won the San Diego music award for best pop artist in 2020. Uh, you recently headlined the NAM show. Um, with your, uh, quintet, the Johnny Tar quintet, and you are working on all kinds of stuff. You released a live album this year that I listened to and it's killer by the way, oh, yeah. and you're working on another, um, we have a lot to talk about. So let's start with why you're back in Wales.
1: Oh yeah. That, no, that's a good one actually, because yeah, I'm very, um, I'm very firmly entrenched in San Diego and, um, very much in love with the city. Um, this little girl here, Ivory, my daughter was born in San Diego, and- um Ivory. We, uh, I, I, I came over to San Diego about nine years ago, and um, met my wife, uh, settled down, made a career, Ivory. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not. not
0: my dress anymore.
1: Oh, you want to see? Yeah, you changed. Uh, it's it's uh, Elsa Snuggly. Ooh.
0: Um
1: so yeah, we um, basically from going from uh, having a pretty solid and happy music career in San Diego when the when the COVID uh, pandemic hit, and like everyone else and everyone we know in our industry, it all disappeared. Um, one thing happened was I had I was given time to be able to create and write an, an album again. Um, my wife said to me, why haven't you done this before? And I said, well, I haven't had time. What COVID afforded me was some creative time. But then as it dragged on um, and we realised, oh, there ain't work coming back in the foreseeable future. And um, schools are closed and we both had medical bills. And I thought personally, one of the things I thought was, man, if I get COVID, I can't afford it yeah um and so what we did was we (coughs) we decided let's rent our house out um so then at least the mortgage will be paid we'll move back here to wales where we can stay with parents friends family um possibly rent somewhere in in along the line and um you know schools are open here have been for the last few months so our daughter can go and start getting a proper education and um you know, I get, I get my 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 mother, Ivory's grandmother, gets some time with her. And um, we'd always said, me and my wife, uh, from the beginning of our relationship was, at some point, we're going to spend a year in Europe. Mm. We're going to have like a sabbatical, as it were. And we just thought, this is it. This is the opportunity. Everything's selling us to go and take that year now. So that was the main reason we came back, to be honest. Um, just, it was kind of... lot of things aligned and went right this is this is the time to do it Mm -hmm. um and I thought you know if there's going to be no real work at home uh being San Diego is my home now um then I might as well take this opportunity to go back and spend some time with my family and continue working on the album um I'm I'm recording it remotely with my band so Mm -hmm. it's still kind of rolling and It's really nice to be home, to be honest. Um, So yeah, there was a lot of reasons for coming back. um, But I'm really glad we did for the time being, at least to see what happens in the next few weeks, basically. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh that's that's smart that's really smart and good to you know, we're all kind of like uh reprioritizing life in that way. Right. Yeah, uh, I know that you've had to deal with um you know a ton of uprooting from San Diego and then getting yourself situated there and I guess uh everybody's eagerly awaiting some live stream shows from you once the uh well you know I
1: mean <laughs> I was so, I was so disappointed yesterday cuz I'd already advertised it once wasn't able to do it. And then I advertised it again for last night. And I was like, yeah, this is it, it's happening now. And literally 10 minutes before the stream, it just went, "Nope, I'm not, I'm, the internet box wasn't gonna play ball. And I was really annoyed. I was really annoyed. Because <laughs> yeah, really yeah. I've, I've, I've been writing all these new songs uh, for the new album, like the, the lockdown album. Okay. And, but the thing is, like writing a song, as I'm sure you know, and many other songwriters will tell you, writing a song is very, very different in a lot of ways, to being able to learn to play it and perform it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. I mean, especially with the, just from my own point of view, the way I write a song is I get on Logic uh, or I get on my loop pedal and I make a beat and then I, I'll write a bass line and I'll write chords and I'll write with lots of different instruments
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and I'll record it. So then coming to be able to actually play it live in a solo setting, which is what I do for my live show uh, with my loop pedal and my instruments and stuff like that, it's a very different thing. You know, it's it's you're not just kind of coming up with ideas off the spur of the moment and just laying them down and mixing them and kind of writing lyrics for it. What you're doing is you're actually learning to put all that stuff together in one go and be able to do it in one take. Mm-hmm. So what I'd done is I'd written all these songs and then, oh, wow, I can actually... I can now start live streaming, so I've got to learn to play them. So I've been rec- like, learning to play them for the last two weeks, and then being a- like, not being able to actually do that was really disappointing. So hopefully, I, I do have one planned for tomorrow, a live stream, uh, which will be noon San Diego time, uh, 8 p.m. my time, uh, or, or Greenwich Mean time, uh, UK time. Uh, I'm, pl- I'm hope- hoping to be able to do that tomorrow.
0: Yeah, it's gonna happen. I know it's gonna yeah. happen for you. <laughs> that's a really good approach. I, I always agree that, you know, before recording, um, getting as much performance time in with a song as possible, because that's where all the, the, all everything gels, everything, you know, you, you work out all of those kinks and find all these uh, new nuances in a song. So I like that, um, you know, you have the opportunity, you will have the opportunity to start performing.
1: Oh, I mean, um. like Also, like, to, quali- like, you know, to, like, kind of reinforce what you're saying is, like, I had the, uh, <clears throat> the sort of luxury is I, I wrote pretty much or I demoed pretty much the whole album before we moved back here. Mm-hmm. And then I haven't done anything with it for like a month, and I've recently just started sitting down the last couple of weeks and going over the songs again. And there's just like these little adjustments I want to make to, oh, that lyric here, or a part of the beat there, or just part of the groove here. And it's just like having that. I'm sure you've experienced it as many other people learning or or getting to know a new thing have. Is you kind of like do it, do it, do it, do it, and then you have this little break from it, and then when you come back to it, it's all gone in a lot better, and it's like. It settles in your head better. Yeah. I'm not quite sure how, to, but, I, but I know there's like a, a scientific school of thought on this. Like if you if you kind of intentionally do something for a bit, like learning to play tennis or learning an instrument or or learning anything, if you just give it that little hiatus, you that you let the information settle, and it kind of it's it's more a part of you. It's more a part of your fabric, sort of thing. And I know I'm getting a bit sort of tangential here, mm-hmm. but I've experienced this in many different kind of areas in my life where you kind of like force yourself, force yourself, like go, like, like really kind of immerse yourself at the cold face of something. And then you feel frustrated and you kind of like, you're not getting where you want to and you just have that break. And it's suddenly kind of like, you've absorbed it later on at a later date. And that's kind of what's happened with this album and sitting down to try and get into it again. I've gone, oh wow, that's what I wanted to do on the song I was stuck on or, you know, things like that. So it's been, things have been kind of serendipitous actually we've been really lucky like when we moved here we came in and we were gonna I was gonna go to the car auctions with my father to get like a second hand car and kind of and someone just gave us a car said I was gonna scrap it do you want it you know what I mean so it's like wow we've had we've had all these kind of nice things sort of happen for us so I think that you know we've just been really lucky really lucky
0: Yeah, that's so cool. That's great. You're right. It is. That's a good life analogy. How the songwriting process, the pre recording of it is it does it kind of mirrors life sometimes too. If you just let those neural pathways kind of sink in, then things just kind of organically roll out as they should. And
1: yeah, yeah that's, New that's what I was looking for. Yeah, that's yeah. For.
0: <laughs> so tell me about the album. What is, what are we going to hear? Who's the lineup in the band oh, and okay. um, when When to expect it? The lineup
1: is my quintet. I'm very, very proud to be able to say that I have a quintet and they are a solid group of musicians that I've been playing with for a good two, nearly three years now. Uh, the percussionist, Monette Marino. Um oh, yeah. I've been playing with her for seven years, uh, possibly eight, actually. She's one of my closest friends and is just world-class percussionist. I I mean, if you know her, if anyone listening knows her, they know that she's traveled to more countries than you can count on three hands. And Mm -hmm. she's, um, she's been an educator and um, just a fantastic person to be around uh, for a very, very long time. And, She's she she. I'm lucky to say that she plays uh, percussion in my band. Um, uh, Ken Dow on bass, who is world class. Matt and, and Miles sir guitar and uh, drums, father and son duo. But they are my solid band, and they've been they've been with me without personnel changes for a long time now. And so what we've done is, I told them, look, I've demoed the album. <laughs> I've got to go home for a bit, but what I want to do is, you fire parts at me and we'll put them on. And Miles, who also is producing, the drummer's producing, we'll put them all together and we'll do it kind of internationally, if you like. Mm -hmm. And um, what's really nice is that for me as a band leader, um, one of the hardest things is to ask anything of anyone, because all I want them to do is be happy and want to be there and want to be involved. And I'm so comfortable with this group of people because they've shown, their interest in my project and my songs. And I've hopefully shown them loyalty too. Mm-hmm. And I've, whenever they've had to do um, a gig for no money to showcase my songs, I've always tried to give them back a gig that will pay them a little bit to make up for that. And we've done some big high paying gigs and we've done gigs for nothing, do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's just a team that I rely on and I love them all. I can consider them all family. Um, so what we're doing is we're creating these songs together that I demoed. And as far as the songs go, well, there's, there's, some, there's some sort of protest songs and political songs on this album. Mm-hmm. Whereas my first or my album before this was very much a kind of dance music, funk, disco sort of album. Some of these are a bit more sort of um, angry about situations. And yeah. then there's, there's some also very much more, I'm not normally in my songwriting, am I very kind of like um, open emotionally? Like I don't, I don't tell very much about myself. Like if you look at my Facebook page, I'll never put anything personal on there, or I'll never put pictures of family or anything like that. It's very much, um, it's I'm as private as I can be with a social media account. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, it's kind, it's kind of a new thing for me to be writing about things that are things that make me vulnerable. I'm not very good. Um, I'm not. I don't state my vulnerability very often. But on these songs and a lot of this album is very much like. I'm, I past that point now. I'm a bit sick of a few things and I'm also very in love with some stuff and very in love with certain people and other, you know, so I'm kind of, it's a bit more open. Um, so there's, uh, also a song that my wife is going to be singing on.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Um, also, yeah, there's a, there's, there's a little bit of uh, my daughter singing that, that thing, that little furry thing you just saw. <laughs> the little fuzzy thing. She, She's singing on one of them. So, um, it's it's very much more a collaborative thing because I know and I trust and I love and, and can rely on the people that are on the album sort of mm-hmm. thing. So um, there's a couple of songs. There's there's a song about um, uh, what we're doing to the planet. There's a song about um, uh, there's a, there's a, a, a song about my absolute pure hatred of racism. And there's a song about my daughter. There's a a, a, a love duet with me and my wife and which we also recorded uh, a video out in the Joshua Tree uh, desert, um, which is really cool, actually. I'm going to release it after my live stream tomorrow night, if the live stream is able to go ahead, hopefully. Fingers wow. crossed. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I have to mention these guys. There's, a, there's um, a dance company in San Diego called Disco Riot, um, mm-hmm. headed up by my friend Zakia Salinas, and... She was good enough to come and film that video and um, donated the use of a couple of her dancers for the video. So it's a, it's a super professional, wicked, cool looking video. And uh, the song is called If I Didn't Need You. And that'll be, that's going to be like a pre-release tomorrow as a video on Facebook and all the social platforms and YouTube. So, um, yeah, as far as the album goes, I don't know what else to tell you about the album, except that it's, it's in the works and... I'm trying to get it done for the 2021 San Diego Music Awards. So the uh, the deadline is the 15th of December. Um, we missed out on this whole year. But basically, after I won uh, the, the, the 2020 Best Pop Artist uh, Award, I was hoping that this year in San Diego was going to be, all oh, right, all the festivals, all the touring, all the things I wanted to do. All the, And it was just like, no, sorry, mate. Yeah. So that was... Bittersweet, to say the least, you know, because when it was really nice winning the award on the first time of entering the awards, that was great. But my plan was to like completely keep that momentum rolling and just go into right. I want that gig. I want this gig. You can't tell me no now. Yeah. I just won this, so you've got to, get, you know, because they, they those awards really open doors. As far as I've seen with other artists I know and loads of people I respect, it's really open doors for them. So I was like, right, that's going. I'm going to keep that rolling. I'm going to get the, those festivals I'm going to get I'm going to take my band I'm going to go right it was part of repaying my band for their loyalty right you did do these little tiny little gigs for me for two years and now we can go and do these bigger stages and these bigger festivals and things like that and we were completely disallowed denied from that because of the pandemic so yeah. I'm hoping to just roll it into the 2021 SDMAs hopefully enter hopefully get something out of it again and just kind of steam ahead and take, take it on from there. Basically.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm sure you will. That is a super solid band lineup <laughs> that
1: you have. Right. Right. Yeah. It's yeah, incredible. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. and oh, yeah, I, love- uh, I believe your, 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 uh, your, your friend, um, Lauren, Lauren Lee. Yep. Yeah. She, she, uh, she's done a little bit of uh, work, but in fact she did our last gig, our last big drive-in gig before I left, like yeah. two days before I left, she was involved in that and she's a, She's a super solid friend of mine and a phenomenal singer. And if she ever sends me those parts, she's was going to send me, then she'll go on the next album too. <laughs>
0: she's chiming in on the chat right now, actually. Oh, yeah. she's, <laughs> yeah. We've got a lot of chatter going on. She's um, well, she says she misses your stupid face to begin with. Uh-huh. And uh, she says, Lauren's stupid life keeps her from re-recording backing vocals. She's crying in the corner. Oh, well, that's the
1: thing. They're not even backing vocals. It's a a lead feature on one of the songs. And I need her to kind of get get herself together.
0: Come with it, Lauren. Come on. Come on, Lazarou. Yeah, we we
1: spent a good time together, me and that lady.
0: Yeah, she's awesome. Um, And she's confirming that the songs are personal and way more vulnerable. And Sandy King is in the chat, too. Hey, Sandy. And um, she can't wait to hear and see all the new stuff and uh
1: yeah no sandy um i think i'm probably going to put um the song in the the song in our hearts on this album i wasn't going to i was going to put it as a a standalone tune but when the whole thing kicked off after poor george floyd and we had you know the uprising that should be happening in in modern america um i wrote a song that was not really kind of my my normal style it was very much a, a kind of more direct and a lot of it was a bit more obvious than I'd write but I wrote a song protesting uh brutality and inequality and it was called the song in our hearts Mm. and and and, uh I I I end up releasing it to raise money for Black Lives Matter in the NAACP and Sandy did some amazing vocals on that and uh, I have decided that I'm going to I'm going to include it on the upcoming album I wasn't going to but I'm going to I'm going to put it on there
0: Excellent. I can't wait to hear that. Um, She's saying she had a lot of fun doing that. And uh, uh, Josh Taylor's also in the chat and uh, he he says, yes, it is a, a beyond solid lineup. Brilliant musicians all around. This is very very well very he
1: curious. has to be congratulated for his amazing guitar work on on the same song that i'm talking about the uh the song in our hearts which was the uh, the protest against racial equality, inequality and 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 um and police brutality and all the other terrible things that i see going on um but he played some amazing guitar on that and actually josh if you if you listen I, i'm gonna need another guitar solo off you soon so uh stay primed
0: yeah clear the schedule today <laughs> You got work to do. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> clear everything till I get in touch. Yeah.
0: So uh, when to uh, when will we be expecting the new album?
1: Well, the new album. I tell you what. I mean, soon as the um, the fifteenth of December is the deadline for the submission date uh, for the twenty twenty one San Diego Music Awards. I'm going to keep tweaking it until the very last minute. I think just to get you know as much right as possible, but also. Um, a dear old friend of mine here in the UK, a guy called Julian Fison, um, and an old partnering qui- crime called uh, Sally Larkin, who are based in Bristol in England, uh, which is only about an hour drive from where I'm from. It's the uh, the city which gave birth to Massive Attack and Banksy and Tricky and Ronnie Size, And the, the musical culture there is absolutely second to none in the UK. Well, he, uh, he, he was the old, uh, Julian was the old drummer in, the first band after I left college, we toured Europe and uh, did Glastonbury and a lot of the big festivals in the UK. But he's just started um, started a, a brand new record label called Thump Records, which is Thump with two U's. Okay. So Thump Records. I think that's kind of like a legal thing. I don't know. You'd have to okay. ask him. Uh, but, um, yeah, he, he, he's agreed to release the album on that record label. So um, that uh, deadline of the 15th of December is... Kind of what the estimate SDMs require, but if Julian wants to put it out before then on Thumb Records, then we'll we'll do it before then. So um, as a very very far deadline, it would be the fifteenth of December for the release of the album. But there will be like little pre tasters and teasers going out and. I do urge everyone to try to tune into my live stream tomorrow if at all possible, because if I can get that to work, I'm going to release the video and the, uh, the first single from that tune, which is the one my wife's singing on, uh, tomorrow night, uh, being night for us, but lunchtime for you in San Diego.
0: Yeah. Ah, oh, that's exciting. I know. I just know what's going to happen for you. Um, tell me about the live album that you did at studio West this year.
1: Oh yeah. Well, that was, um, that was kind of another sneaky getting into the San Diego Music Awards by the deadline thing as well. I mean, I didn't have a real, a real new body of work before uh, 2019's deadline um, for the 2020 Awards. So what I did was, I, because we'd been playing live a lot, I just went to the band, listen, we're going to run in Studio West and we're just going to play our set and record it. And we're just going to hand it into the San Diego Music Awards and call it a live album. Okay, And they all went cool. So we did three sets through, straight through, took the best one, smacked it down on the CD and sent it in. We didn't even really have artwork or anything like that. So we just sent it in by the deadline and then kind of like tried to put the other bits in place after that, like a CD cover and a logo and all the rest of it. But I mean, the deadline only required the audio in a digital file. So we just sent it in. And um, if it wasn't for people like um, Andy... At Studio West, uh, who's Miles, our drummer's um, uh, really good friend, making our live set sound amazing, then we, it, it wouldn't have been doable. But we, we just kind of did it by the skin of our teeth. And that's the way how things, good things happen, isn't it? You know what I mean? That's yeah, how you is. do it. Like we just got it in in time. The hard bit, the hard bit was waiting another few months after the awards ceremony was supposed to happen. For the results, that was quite hard because oh, I worked yeah. really, really, really hard trying to drum up votes and trying to drum up like people trying to you know support the uh, the, the live album and stuff. So the period after voting closed to the time that they actually <laughs> announced the winner was like this, just like it would. I mean, wouldn't say it was nail biting, but it was just like, oh man, how how can they make us wait this long? Obviously, it wasn't their fault, but it was kind of a yeah, it was a bit more of an unusual situation. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, that's, that's cool to hear how that um, came together quickly, because it sounds amazing. It's, it's well, thank you. really, really great. I, well, I, really I mean, that, it.
1: that, that, that's my band, you know I mean? I, I, I only did it because I knew that I knew they could handle being able to play a whole set perfectly and be recorded doing it. Mm-hmm. I knew that I knew they could do, I mean, I've said it before and I'll say it again, always, always be, the worst musician in your own band. Yes, always be the worst musician in your own band. You know. Yeah. So, so yeah, they, you know they 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 make they make the music better than better than it should be for me. That's what I think.
0: Yeah, that's great. Um, so you after uh your win in 2020, you did um a drive-in concert, and yeah. I'm curious to know how that was for you because that was kind of I think it was in August, so that would have been um really at a point in quarantine where as performers we're all just like dying inside, right? To be out performing and and you had a really cool lineup and uh, what was that like for you and everybody else in the band?
1: Well, it it, it was amazing in a lot of respects because when we got canceled the day before and we didn't think it was gonna happen, then they said, Hmm. well, you were gonna headline the day before but now you can open for someone else the day after so it was kind of like oh wicked i still get to play this show um you know we'd we won the award um we also got the dance company that i told you about they all came out and danced for us it was a great big stage it had laser screens it had it, it was it was a proper big concert and it was fantastic and it was it was the first proper gig we'd done since March right at the end of August so it was it was a really big happy and satisfying occasion for sure and Lauren got to sing with us and the band were on fire and we were looked after we were paid for a gig it was it was a really cool situation and I think that the people who came in their cars and 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 because the whole car parking lot was completely full um, a lot of people have come and backed in so they could open their hatchbacks and lie inside on cushions and get. It was, it was really cool situation. It was really good. It was really nice to be able to do before I came back to Wales for a year. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Lauren's chiming in saying that she she really really uh, in, enjoyed performing in that, and so much so that she cried. <laughs> I don't blame her. I, I'm curious too. Oh. With um, I think any performer would probably agree with this right now. That's something that we're just like hurting for is that like energy that you get from a live audience and just, you know, uh, feeding off of the energy from a crowd. But when you go yeah. and you do a, you know, a drive-in concert like this, um, what was that like? Was, could could you receive that oh, energy right. so, with so the that way that it was set up? And-
1: yeah. Well, do you know what was really cool was that instead of applauding, People, everyone honked their horns.
0: Oh wow! So
1: it was kind of a new thing. It was a bit. It was a bit like being. It was like being at a rave <laughs> when everyone like would have an air horn just like, oh! you know what I mean? So it was kind of new and different. It. It was. It was definitely, as for me, it was definitely as vibey. I mean, I was playing all my own songs on on a big stage for the first time in a long time and. The, 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 you, you definitely felt an interaction when they were kind of honking their horns and, and stuff like that. But yeah, when you're playing, it was a bit... I mean, it's, it's hard to say because when you're on a big stage, you you have a kind of quite a substantial level of separation from the crowd anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to tell with a lot of lights on you and like who's there. I mean, like Lauren will tell you when we did the tour with Foreigner and we were kind of on big stages in the dark, you couldn't, it was like, it was like you were in deep, the under the deep sea. You yeah. had all these lights on you. You couldn't see any of the crowd whatsoever. Mm. So it was a little bit like that. There was a bit of a separation, you know, but when the, when the, when the songs fit, when the songs end and you get that feedback, it's not like, cause like, you know, most of us have done a lot of small gigs where you're this close to the audience and you know exactly what they're thinking, let alone saying or shouting or screaming. So Mm-hmm. um it, it it was it was really nice every time the song finished but there was that slight bit that takes getting used to while the songs are happening but you you know if you're focused on what you're doing that shouldn't be shouldn't be a big problem anyway i don't think
0: yeah I'm so glad you guys got to do that. That's, that's really cool. I hope more of those will, um, you know, be popping up in the future. Well, let's hope Um, so. I mean, you can, you
1: can't deny the power of Pink Floyd though. And I mean, that's always going to be rolling around the the planet.
0: Yeah, things will be stopped for sure. (laughs) Uh, I'd love to hear more about your um, musical background and um, upbringing in music, because the stuff that you do um, is really, it's, it's, it's different. Not a lot of people are making music like this, just the musicality of it. And, um, you know, it's, you know, really funky, really upbeat. Um, I, I know that you've said that you like to make music that makes people dance. Um, how, uh, tell me about your background in music and kind of how that evolved for you. All
1: right. Um, so when I was about seven, my mum, or oh, we were all really good friends with a, um, a family around the corner who the mum was uh, really keen on making the kids learn music, but only the daughter took to it. Mm-hmm. And my mum saw what was happening with the daughter and she seemed to be getting a lot of that out of it. So my mum asked if she could go and get piano lessons as well. And I went along to one and then I ended up getting piano lessons and started kind of fiddling around with piano. But the piano teacher I was sent to was really, really old. So when you're seven and your piano teacher's in their 80s, it's kind of a bit of a, and I was left there on my own at a house and it was like this really old house. And I wouldn't say it was creepy, but it was just really kind of unusual for me. And so I, I kind of like went off music for a few years until oh. I realised that it maybe I, if I got a saxophone, girls would like me yeah (laughs) right so I got a saxophone and um and it didn't really kind of go that way immediately but I ended up really starting to enjoy music and the first music I got into was not really kind of like the more highbrow jazz that a lot of kids my age who were playing music were into, but I got bang into things like Glenn Miller and like big band swing and stuff like that. And I was really, really, really into it. And I I ended, I was doing acting at the time as well. And uh, I ended up being the band leader in this kind of music drama acting hybrid show that was put on, um, and kind of like went into music from there so jazz and and the saxophone were kind of my way into music um and i was really heavily into jazz until i got to uh music college and i went to the paul mccartney school in in liverpool uh, well lipper is called liverpool institute for performing arts uh when i was 20 and um when I got there, I just kind of got like inundated with all this other music that was happening in the UK at the time, like house music and drum and bass was a big thing. And, and drum and bass, like Ronnie size and kind of like the kind of the double time reggae bassline breakbeat kind of thing that was happening. And, and, and um, we decided me and my friends to do it live because obviously at the time that was solely programmed and produced music. And so me and my friends in college uh decided to form a live drum and bass band in which I was the well I was I started off as a saxophone player, but I I was like, Well, we need a vocalist here. So I decided to start singing and kind of writing lyrics and stuff like that. And when college ended, we um we went down south because liverpool was in kind of the northern part of the, the country and we went down south to we were going to go to london but london's hard man it's hard on you so we ended up going to a, a town called brighton which is about an hour south of uh london on the south coast of the uk and uh, it kind of took off for us actually we, we were doing really well we were doing so we would like you said it was kind of dance music but it was there was a lot of like musical training that kind of like got infused into it and um we ended up doing like opening the jazz stage at Glastonbury, which is basically the biggest music festival in the UK. And that was a big thing and uh, did a bit of touring around Europe and stuff. And when that kind of ended, I bought a loop pedal (laughs) and uh, started like wholly writing songs on my own. Cause I knew enough about how to play the piano and enough about how to play the guitar to be able to kind of like construct songs on my own. And it sort of, developed more from there um and I've just been writing music ever since developing my voice and my guitar playing and and uh, my keyboard playing and, and being more of a singer songwriter producer now although the uh the saxophone is um my first instrument and my first love as far as instruments go mm-hmm. I I'm definitely more of a singer songwriter who produces his own stuff and and kind of tries to be more of a more in control of every part of the song rather than just being a singer or a saxophone player
0: mm-hmm. and how about with a uh, voice did do, do you have formal voice training or is this just natural for you because your voice is amazing
1: oh that's really kind of you thank you very much i mean sometimes i think that you know i i, I mean i've got a, i can sing really high mm-hmm. and that has been something I haven't necessarily worked on is something I've always been able to do. And I kind of attribute that to being a saxophone player for over 30 years of my life, because it's all that in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all that and getting the shape. Right. And you could, you could, you can put out any note you like. I think, I think a lot of it is psychological and, 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 and allowing your body to do it. But, um, I did when, when I, that when I was talking about, um, Glastonbury festival and my first band after college, I did start getting real bad stage fright when we started to do bigger gigs and touring and stuff. And I did go for a few uh, vocal lessons with a guy called Peter Evans in Brighton. And if he's listening or ever gets to listen to this, thank you, mate, because you totally sorted me out, oh. totally. I can't recommend the guy enough, Peter Evans. He, um, he basically taught me about the um, the, uh, the teeth thing, right? That, which is invaluable. And it feels it can feel a bit unnatural to do it, but if you if you're ever feel like you're gonna you're going for a note and you're gonna struggle get your teeth out and you can shake it because it's I often often think about it like you know when you see those old cartoons of Tom and Jerry where they're like on a, a cruise liner and there's the funnel sticking out of the deck like that yeah and it's just a tube like that and then it's got open like open mouth to it like that yeah. I always just think if you can make your voice your throat and your mouth do that shape you'll always be able to get a note out yeah. and so the five or six lessons that I had with him were absolutely invaluable to me because it's never failed me that technique yeah. so as far as formal training I didn't have like a degree or like an extensive period of teaching or practice but I had four or five lessons with this guy where he just like he, he flipped a switch for me basically yeah
0: That's great. Well, yeah, well, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely worked. Your voice is really incredible. And I I totally agree too. It it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't take much to really um, have a singer make a breakthrough like that. Because what I've seen is in a lot of cases with singers um, there, a lot of it happens because you're just, you're putting too much heavy lifting on on the throat and not engaging uh, enough of your other features like your, yes, face not muscles, good space. I, mean,
1: I, I just, space. I, I absolutely swear by the diaphragm. That's what I swear by. Right, right. But yeah, you can, yeah. Cause you're, cause you're your vocal coach as well as being a performer, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. There's, there's so much more that you can engage to do heavy lifting for you that uh, yeah. makes a big difference, but.
1: And yeah, no, and, and straining anything is never the way to get it, is it?
0: No, it's not. <laughs> Yeah. So um, you guys are out in Wales now. And you did you tell me that you are going into another lockdown now?
1: That's right. It started uh, yesterday.
0: Okay. Yeah. Mm. That's tricky. Really tricky having four and a half year old. It's tricky having family in the music business to begin with. What is that like? Um, as a dad having very young child and trying to live the music life because it's, it's a very, mm. very different lifestyle as far as the kind of hours you work when you are home when you're not home when you're trying to be creative, but also be responsible at the same time. <laughs>
1: well yeah I mean it took me a while and I used to give myself a very hard time about it because I wasn't able to it took me a long time to transition from being this like I do what I want and I do what I think and I get how it was like to it took me a long time but fortunately uh, when my wife tells me that it's like that for most men um, mm-hmm. it takes a little while to kind of make that transition and I've heard that from other places and I've I, I attest to it. I mean, I don't want to generalize too much, but I'm just going from what I've been told and what I've experienced. Um the other, the other thing is my wife is an absolute angel, possibly the the most amazing and good, wonderful person I've ever met in my life, let alone married. <laughs> I mean, she um she's fantastically uh patient and uh, uh forthcoming with ideas that can improve things um and she gives me a lot of leeway because i mean you know i mean uh she she lost her job for a little while back when we were first married and i provided for both of us through music so she understands it's not a hobby you know what i mean which are not a lot of people don't seem to understand it's provided for our family and paid a mortgage for a good while um so it, it, it's hard and it, it basically it all depends on what you want to be do you want to be a Fly by the seat of your pants, solo musician who does what they want, or do you want to be a musician who does what they want and be a good parent and be a good family person and be and and care? What do you what you what you choosing? Because you can't choose both. And I tried to choose both for a bit, going, oh, I can do both. I can wake up with a hangover every morning and and look after my family. But no, it doesn't work like that. Right. So, so it's just a case of deciding what you want to keep in your life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because you can keep the performing and you can keep the writing and you can but you can't keep the partying in the late nights as much so you just get earlier gigs or you get less long gigs or less stressful gigs or you just kind of you just play smart you know what i mean Mm. you decide what you want do you want to be a party monster or or do you want to keep a good family relationship and keep the music in your life it's it's just it's it's a no-brainer yeah, it just yeah. depends which side you want to go.
0: Yeah, I like I like that response too. all of the um, singers on here that I've talked to that, you know, have um, kids and everything. I think I think we all agree that it's uh, there's just no right. There's no right way of doing it. It's just you you do what works for you. And it's pretty evident when it's not working <laughs> and you have to yeah. change,
1: you know. Adaptation is a big thing. and um, you know, you have to show respect to your partner. Mm. You have to show respect to your children. You have to. Uh, you have to. I wouldn't say that you have to like. You have to prioritize any one thing. It's about balance, and it's about how you balance it and what you show commitment to.
0: Yeah,
1: I commit I to my music, and I commit to my daughter, and I commit to my wife. It's not. There's, it's not too much to ask, is it? Any any functioning person can commit to a few things without you know, losing themselves in other stuff. I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. it is. it's amazing after, you know, having kids, how much it does, it changes everything. It really, really does. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> kind of looking into the future being uh, amidst this pandemic, it's changed everything for all of us again, yet again. Yeah. And I'd like to know your thoughts on the path forward in 2021 how um like what your overarching goals are you know musically and kind of um d- do you have a game plan in place as far as um you're going to write the album and you're going to really really focus on live streams or do you have different ideas mm. about how you're going to um you know build a uh, build momentum and you know a sustainable
1: career well i think that through every little hardship you're either winning or you're learning and i know that sounds like a really crass sort of like soundbite but i read that the other day and yeah if you can't if you can't adapt and use every mistake you make to your advantage then you're not learning are you and um so so the live streaming that i was doing before i was doing for for um (coughs) the, the the speaker company qsc and uh it was always just this big effort where I had to like set everything up, clear the sofas away and oh my God, cause I take up quite a lot of space with my gear. And it's like, and it was just such an effort. I was like, oh my God, I can't do. So when the pandemic came along, I was like, I'll just stick it all in my garage. I don't have to move it for, well, I didn't have to move it for six months. So live streaming was a breeze. It was, a, it was more of a breeze than going gigging. You know what I mean? I could go and sit in there, switch it on, Facebook live, Bang, there we go. And hopefully those skills that I've developed, like the, the multi-camera thing I was doing for a while and just being able to ha- know how to use my hashtags and blah, 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 all the stuff that I avoided before because it was just too damn nerdy for me.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I was just like, all oh, right, well, this, the, I've, I've learned it now because I didn't have an excuse not to. So all that stuff, yeah, I'm going to continue live streaming even when the live gigs come back. But as a result, you know, I've come over here and I'm going to start live streaming, and I've actually managed to. Um, well, my my friend Brad Zell over at QSC has got me in touch with the QSC speakers people here in the UK and Europe, and I'm actually now officially endorsed by them. I sang I sang, signed the uh, endorsement agreement last week, and they're sending me stuff. So it's like, as a result of those things, you 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 just you focus on what you can focus on. If 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 restrictions say no, you can't go out and play gigs, then just don't sit around twiddling your thumbs, do something. And I know I've got to give it props to all my San Diego people. I can't speak for the people here in the UK because I've just got back and I don't really know how they're like playing, playing the field, but all my friends, Josh and Josh Taylor and Sandy and, and Lauren. And I know everyone's been like, it hasn't slowed Whitney Shea down. I'll tell you that right, right. I mean, right. That right <laughs> I mean, So you'd like, if, if, if you want to do something, Nothing. If you want to do it, nothing's going to stop you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like so, the, the live streaming will continue. Hopefully, I'll have two setups. One I can leave set up so I can go and just stream, and then another setup I can take out. You know, because unplugging stuff and plugging it back in in different configurations because you, it, it, I mean that it, it, you end up missing something. And it won't work either end. So having the two different setups, that's the ideal situation. Also, I've got you know I've got a plethora of musicians here that I know, and as soon as we can get out gigging again, we will. You mm-hmm. know, I'm planning to be here till till September next year, but who knows what's going to happen in those ten months? So we'll see. You know, I mean, we've got to come back at San, to San Diego uh, next September, but who knows what's going to stick here and what's going to stick there? And maybe we'll spend half the time here and half the time there. Um, but above all else i want to be a recording artist and i want um this new album and this new uh release with the thump records uh to start to speak for the things i'm creating and you know to be in the studio all the time that'd be great but i'd miss gigging and to be gigging all the time i missed i missed being in the studio which uh lockdown afforded me that time to start doing that again develop my own production skills so hopefully all the things that are new and all the things that have been missed, they'll all start. It'll just exponentially unfold. I'm that's what I'm hoping. That's what I intend to happen.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's really great advice. I love that you said that just that, uh, you know, you, you, you allowed yourself to go and do some more of the nerdy stuff that you'd resisted before, like figuring out hashtags, figuring out how to work a camera and everything. And I really think that that's something that, um, we all have to keep in mind is just to stay, um, stay flexible, stay open to, you know, thinking outside of the box and and learning those things that are, I don't know, seem daunting to you because, you know, now you have this whole other kind of treasure trove of, um, skills and and things that you can take in into the future even when yeah. the live stuff you know comes back I think we've all just got to be more trying to get on the forefront um you know of things like yeah. that
1: yeah um, you, you, you can't allow things to slow you down I mean yeah. anyone complaining about it is out of ideas
0: yeah yeah you know I mean that's true that's really true um with the uh with the album coming out obviously when you put out an album uh supporting it with shows is is really vital to it what's your plan as far as when the album comes out how you're gonna distribute
1: well, it that's a, that's a good question it's just reminded me of uh, something I wanted to do and it was proven so hard um what we were trying to do at the beginning of the pandemic was get um uh, live uh, our synchronized live streaming together and i don't, i haven 't looked into it for a couple of months, but I still don 't think they 've got it because of the latency issue it 's really hard so what you 've got to do is all record your parts, have a video editor uh, put it all together and um, it, 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 that, that takes hours and hours and and, and and weeks and and it takes ages for one song to come out so I do know of um, one friend of mine here uh, who did although it was kind of on a very highly professional level, they did it through the BBC because he's in a really uh, fairly, you know, pretty successful band called Mama's Gun and they've been going for quite a while. My friend uh, Andy Platts, but they, they had the BBC. I'm not sure how they do it. They did it, but they, they live streamed them all in, in sync. And so I think it takes a bit of kind of processing power to be able to do that. But what I'd be, I'd really like to do is if we can't get together and perform, um, then I would like to arrange kind a kind of quite high-end live stream of the band playing it together.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, if at all possible as an album release. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's cool. Um, I have, I have a great friend on the East coast who's done a ton of experimentation with um, Soundjack and uh, yeah. are you familiar with Soundjack?
1: No, but it, it sounds like it might be um, a similar thing to Jam Kazam. Have yes. you heard of that one? Same right.
0: thing. Same thing. Soundjack is one. I think it's the um, out of the Stanford Music Lab. They're, right. I believe they are the ones that are doing most of the work on it. Well, the Stanford anyways, Music
1: Lab sounds pretty legit to me.
0: It's legit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but she's doing all this experimentation and, uh, working on the, you know, low latency and, um, you know, more high fidelity sound with it. And just last week we did, uh, a little, um, session together. She is on the East coast. I'm on the West coast. Oh wow! And, really? and we dialed oh. it in enough, made enough adjustments that she was playing. And I was singing in time. Um, we had very little latency, but then we didn't sit there and take, we didn't take the time to make all the really like fine um, you know, micro adjustments that you can make. But if you have a group of people or group of musicians, these platforms really are at a point right now that if you take the time to um, make the individual adjustments on each end, I mean, I've heard, uh, I've heard a jazz trio, I've heard a choir, um, you know, a couple of different ensembles that are, are making it happen. I mean, technology is as you know <laughs> very finicky but uh but it's it's, it's almost there I think
1: uh, well I mean yeah that that's um we got a month and a half to kind of try and organize something and that like that and that that's what I'd really like to do because mm-hmm. I just want to I want to play with my band again yeah you know, I want to play my I, I then they're, they're, they're not just uh, musicians to me they they and they're not just friends either they are family all of them yes. you know we we hang out a lot and we we care about each other a lot. So being able to translate that into a live show after all this time would be absolutely amazing, especially to release a new album together, which we're all working on independently of each other in different parts of the world. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, we might have to talk about this afterwards, actually. you know, Absolutely.
0: <laughs> yeah. Today, that would be a really cool, uh, innovative <laughs> way to market it. Um, but yeah, I'd love to share that information with you. Um, I just, I so appreciate you taking the time to do this and uh, that, you know, I'm so glad that our technology, the Wi-Fi gods were smiling upon us today. Um, Yes, (laughs) you're making really great music. I love everything that you're doing. So deserving Uh of the award that you won. And I think, um, I think it's going to happen for you next year. So we'll all be rooting for you and anticipating the album coming out. And, uh, where can everybody find your stuff?
1: Uh, well, um, all of my stuff up to this point is on Spotify. <clears throat> um, uh, so just Google, just get into Spotify and Google Johnny Tar, no H in Johnny to R's in Tarr. Mm-hmm. Um, the protest song or the, uh, the inequality protest song that I made with, uh, Josh and Sandy and Whitney was on it and um, Ken and Miles and, and Matt uh, Klomancer, they, they were all on it. That is a separate entity and that is on um, Bandcamp actually. And it's called The Song in, the Song in Our Hearts okay. and it's johnitarmusic.bandcamp.com. Dot com, And any uh, money you donate to buy that song will be um, sent directly to the NAACP, the National Association for the Advancement of Coloured People. So um, I do strongly recommend that you get it. It's a wicked song. It's very, very, very...